0: Hello, luminous souls! Thank you so much for tuning in. Your presence is both welcome and needed in this sacred space. This is Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. I am Tara Todd, multi-passionate healer, faith fanatic, plant medicine enthusiast, and co-creating queen. Nope, never been called modest. (laughs) But I am your host and I am so excited to venture on this journey with you. I help people remember who they are and harness their power to curate the life they desire. So we'll have conversations around mindset, metaphysics, faith, personal development, and expansion. I believe in one consciousness and the interrelation of all living things. So let's water each other's tree, nourish one another's soil, and empower humanity to align, transform, and transcend into their divinity. I am all about the healing, wholeness, and as a collective, living our most sovereign and authentic lives. I am extending my branch to you, so let's jump right in. Hello, hello, my luminous souls. Welcome to another episode of Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. I'm so excited, you guys, to be back. I know it has been Quite the delay this go-round and I apologize things have just been crazy I mean I know that you guys are aware you know my podcast is unedited therefore I don't really have a schedule and I don't edit the episodes but um, I did not expect to be gone for this number of weeks (laughs) so I do apologize if you didn't know um, I did relocate back to the beach and have just been so crazy busy with getting scheduled or getting settled and um, just really had not had any free time and now I'm starting to kind of put some roots down, um, settle into a solid routine and so I can prioritize you know my podcast and some of the other um, things that I do that supplement uh, my life and, and add some enrichment and allow me to utilize my creativity so having said all that I am back I am back and I am glad to be back um and I had mentioned it in my last episode as well that I'm not going to be doing the video snippets for a bit again that's just because I'm not settled yet um all of my like background stuff and and lighting and everything is at my other house still Um, So we'll get it back in action, but it'll just be a while. (laughs) So today, you guys, um, today's episode is really kind of light. Um, I wanted to share with you some things that I talk about with other clients, uh, friends, random people who may DM me and have questions thought it would just be a good way to share some of the things that I get asked in case you were also wanting to know, um, and give you some insights into, yeah, just where I stand on some topics. Um, so I hope you get some great takeaways and obviously if you have further questions from today, do not hesitate to reach out. So let's jump right into it and division but you are built to hold all of it. We are built to withstand those pendulum swings between uncertainty and angst and having our desires. So stop limiting yourself. I don't necessarily believe that everything good that happens only comes like after we've suffered, but I do believe that those valleys help us Not just to experience duality, but to better appreciate the highs. How would we grow and expand into stronger people if life was always butterflies and rainbows, right? We can hold all of it. Haven't you ever been like angry or just unhappy about something and then simultaneously excited about something else that's going on in your life? that's duality, and you made it through that situation. It's like maybe you lost a client this morning, somebody canceled their contract with you, and in the midst of that frustration, you get an email offering you two opportunities to speak at two separate engagements. So you're allowed to be disappointed about the former and happy about the latter, At the same damn time. (laughs) Shout out to whoever knows that song because that's literally the only lyrics I know. But do you get what I'm saying? Let's stop hiding from disappointment like it's a life-shattering thing. Like we give it more power than it actually has. We have to start believing more strongly in ourselves, in our abilities, and understanding and really holding firm to that God has our back. That way we're less shaken by disappointment. It won't be something that like halts everything and causes you to wanna run and hide. And it's something I have to remind myself of, you know, pretty regularly as well. I've gotten a lot better navigating disappointment because it used to keep me so bound. It would take so long for me to kind of bounce back from it because I would just ruminate in that space of disappointment and be so frustrated that there was no way to change anything in that moment. Unfortunately, disappointment's a part of the human experience. So I'm going to guess that you've been disappointed a hundred times, at least in your life. And if not, you will but guess what? You survived, right? So now what? When we limit our ability to desire the thing, then basically we push it farther away from us because you cannot manifest your desires through fear. You'll just get more of what you don't want. And if it's a challenge for you to speak it out loud, vocalize it, then do what the Bible tells us to do. Write it down and make it plain. Because regardless of what the avenue is that you take to express it, you have to have clean, clear energy in order to manifest, which means you must decide. So make a declaration And let the heavens move for you. And just stop entertaining the fear. That's it. (laughs) Alright, what's next? I am a black woman and I'm struggling with thinking that my success undermines how I was raised. Any advice? Oh yeah, I've got some advice for you. (laughs) So, when I got this question, I actually talked about it with a few successful black women I knew, but just because I wanted to hear multiple perspectives and not just give you mine. And so I've kind of consolidate what all of us feel and hope that this serves you. The first thing that comes to mind for me is just, yeah, as a black woman, being afraid of success is cultural and systemic. I actually, so one of the first people I reached out to is Miriam or Dr. Sikandi. You've heard me talk about her. That is my queen. Um, she was, I want to say the second, uh, in episode two, we interviewed her. Definitely check it out if you haven't. But the first thing she said to me, which blew my mind was that this is the reason why so many of us are in the helping and serving positions. Because we aim for things like that because it's been ingrained in us to be that person, right? To be that maternal figure taking care of everything and everyone else and real and rarely, rarely um, considering our own needs. If you think about it, for decades, Black people have been happy to accept the minimal jobs because they were grateful to have a job at all. So we didn't really make a ruckus about the lack of Black representation and management. Why don't we see the Black CFOs, COOs, and CEOs? Now we are starting to see it a lot more now. I think what it started being a conversation in like early, very early 2000s. And it only became a conversation because we got to a point where we've had enough. I actually worked for a mortgage company uh, back in like 2015. It was based out of the DMV area. Like, hello, DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia. D.C. itself is known as Chocolate City because of the number of people of color that live and operate there. And this company had literally zero black people in leadership. Like, apparently there's not a black individual in the entire tri-state area who's qualified. <laughs> I, I found it appalling, to be honest. Like, I'm giggling, but I, when I realized that It was a problem for me, and it remained an issue for me right up to the end. Now, in addition to, like, the social stigma, we also have the cultural stuff because it's further encouraged in our families. Think about it. So I'm Gen X. I've got a paternal grandfather who actually picked cotton. So we're only two or three generations away from slavery. And really even less, much, much less time since black people became, quote unquote, desegregated and have come fully into what we now equate to, quote unquote, freedom today. So things have not evolved a whole lot and it has literally not been that much time since things were very different for our people. And so, you know, alongside the cultural stuff, of course, our parents reinforced this. We were taught stay in the yard, be in the house when it's dark, and More than likely when it came to activities like a travel debate club or dance, basketball, things like that, there was no money for that. There was no opportunities. There was no kind of pushing outside of our little box. Meanwhile, little Billy was exposed to opportunities and new ideas and less fear. He was told he could do anything he was encouraged to try repeatedly and no matter what he was comforted in the fact that he would always have a safety net at home even it like it doesn't matter in in the caucasian world whether the parents are rich or poor because they do everything they can for their children to have those experiences because that is the privilege afforded them and has always been there. Even the lower socioeconomic whites have an assumption that, you know, their kids can still do better than they did. And I'm not saying anything negative about that. It, obviously it's not all of them and it's it, there's nothing negative about it. It's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. And my point is that we were not receiving that same type of encouragement in black households because our parents were, had never received that type of encouragement because their parents had never. Because, again, opportunities were not afforded us until very recently. So it just is what it is. And I'll use an example to help all of our people that are still stuck in the matrix to get triggered real quick. But just look at Donald Trump. Yes, his father was wealthy, but you have to admit like his level of bravado is sometimes (laughs) so extraordinarily unrealistic, but yet he's successful because he literally believes everything that comes out of his mouth. He doesn't care how obnoxious we think it is. He operates on his own timeline. And I'm not mad at that at all. He's had enough encouragement in his life where he's taken that to a whole other level. Again, it's not for me to judge right or wrong. It's just to point out that's something that most of us did not get. So I personally think it's pretty amazing because I wish that we all had that level of belief in ourselves. Not so we can act crazy and ridiculous or say things that are offensive and hurtful, but so that we can have a level of belief in ourselves that helps us reach even farther and put those goals even higher And then actually believe enough in ourselves to know that we can absolutely crush each one of them. Because regardless of what it is that you believe, whether it's, I think I'm so amazing and I am like the gift to this world, or if you think, you know, I suck, I don't know why I'm here, I'm nothing. Regardless of what you believe there is a powerful energetic push that actually supports that belief and it will make things happen for you based on where those what direction those beliefs are going so my point is unfortunately our families continue to project the lack and scarcity because that's what those that came before them taught them. But as we come into ourselves and as we learn different, as we realize that another outcome is available to us, then we also have to be accountable for breaking that cycle if we wanna heal the generational wounds. I've been working for several months on clearing my ancestral wounds around wealth and abundance and repatterning my DNA with unlimited wealth codes and I honestly encourage any one of you to do this for any area that you desire to see change because when you shift it at that cellular level that's when that shift is sustainable so I hope that that makes sense for you, and, um, and serves you well. Our next question, I struggle with trying to rationalize this new way of being with my religious roots. I know you come from Christianity. Any advice for the guilt and for standing firm on how I believe now and for going, just going for what I want? That's a lot, but I like it. So I may get a lot of pushback on this and I'm okay with that, but at the end of the day, religion is a man-made construct. It's a man-made construct around a spiritual experience, an experience that is personal and actually doesn't require external validation or any authority for you to connect with your creator. Once I had my spiritual awakening and um, fully left religion, I, I can't even say fully because I reference the Bible quite often, but I pick and choose what constructs I think constructs I think really come from a higher source, our source, our creator, and what constructs are a conversation of a bunch of men who decided that they wanted to edit the Bible in a certain manner. Okay. But once I came into the state of being that I am now, I began to get clarity on how the Matrix works works. And it's so obvious to me I see it so much clearer than I ever did, how the church will keep you not knowing, or keep you not um, owning your power and will keep you playing small. Think about how people get so obsessed and start to almost look at their pastors as though they are the divinity. You hear people talk pastor this and pastor that and they're this and they're that and that. You know what I mean? Like It becomes quite obsessive. People who feel like they need to specifically go to the pastor for prayer as if that person has any more power than the rest of us. And listen, I was once that person. Absolutely. Always thought someone else's prayers were stronger than mine. But that was because everything in church spoke to what was wrong with me. So I figured I better let someone with, quote unquote, less faults, (laughs) right, do the praying. You know, meanwhile, God's like, my child, my child, are you kidding me? I've implanted in all of you the exact same power. What are you doing? Who are you relying on? Who are you really relying on? We're all a fractal of God. So why would we have different levels of power? God loves us all equally. Now, as far as who exercises that power, that's up to them. But that's where you'll see certain people pull off these amazing feats and live these incredible lives. And then others who just choose to remain limited. There's also those people who just kind of sit and wait for God to snap his fingers and produce a solution for them. I don't get that. Waiting on God doesn't mean you never do anything. Doesn't mean you never take accountability. Doesn't mean you're not listening for his divine guidance to you taking inspired action from that guidance. I think the whole conversation about waiting on God is really just for people who want to avoid doing their part. Now I agree with divine timing but I believe it's rooted in your level of growth. Meaning, Meaning, yeah, it can happen in divine timing but at that timing, you are also, you've also leveled up to the situation. And even more than divine timing, I believe in what? Faith inspired action. (laughs) Because I've seen many, many, many religious people waiting 20 plus years for something that would have been accomplished in a day, week or month if they had truly believed that it could actually be done and then if they had listened for the guidance to take the necessary action. I mean, yeah, things do fall into place sometimes. But again, I think that's most likely because you've laid the groundwork and listen, I'm all about the magic and miracles. I rely on them. I love them. And listen, I've been having so many of them in my life this past week. Y'all, my belief is getting so much deeper and I'm I'm loving this space I'm in right now. But you're not going to get those kind of results sitting around just praying and never taking accountability or never taking action. Again, I think the biggest thing in between you're asking God for something and you're actual receiving it is belief. It's not that he's saying no. You just don't really even fully believe you can have it. And belief plays such a major role in everything. In everything. So... God will guide you. Your soul will guide you. Everything is there for you. All you have to do is ask and believe. Most people don't have the level of belief that they actually talk about. (laughs) They do a lot of talk, talk, talking and telling everybody else how to live and what to do. But then their life has no reflection that there's anything at work. That's crazy. And yes, I do believe in the waiting room. I do understand that, that that's a space for us, right? But what he's waiting for, what we're, what God is waiting for in that time frame is for you to level up, for you to do that inner work, for you to make a decision from a place of clarity and then hold to that vision and uplevel your belief basically walk in your power if only we would walk in our power in the same at the same level that we talk about our power or about what we know about our power actually walk that that's what I'm really focused on these days So, and I, th- I think I also want to say, I mean, let me just say this. I'm not bashing the church. I think it's all conditioning. I think there are people with very genuine open hearts who really want to lead people to God and to righteousness, and, and there's a space for that. But if they've been taught incorrectly, then obviously that's just going to continue but it's the conditioning of the matrix that's that's the source of that the source of the division the source of even creating multiple religions because that that just encourages the division so There's much to be said for those who stand in their power and manage it with integrity and grace. And that's what I encourage you to continue to do and not worry so much about others' opinions or getting their validation. If you have a relationship with your God, then you will get guidance directly from him and that's the only guidance and insight that you need so I hope that serves you okay next question I wasn't raised with images of black success where I lived so I struggle accepting recognition for things I was also taught that being in the limelight was boasting yeah that Again, conditioning, everything is just the conditioning, right, of the world we live in, this matrix. So I want to share with you, the minute I read the the question, I immediately, immediately thought of Marianne Williamson's piece from Return to Love. So I've got a portion here I want to read to you that I think is very powerful. Okay. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Isn't that just... It's like warm, sweet honey just so soothing and comforting, yet real and honest and true. So where I stand on this, obviously, is that you are beautifully and wonderfully made by the creator of all life and you are a fractal of that creator. So not owning your gifts, not owning what makes you unique and extraordinary and not owning your divinity is a huge disservice to yourself and to humanity because we need your individual blueprint. Each one of us has an incomparable place on the planet because we came here to serve. Yes, being in the matrix, we are conditioned to think playing small is cute. Absolutely not. Please don't fall for the hype. Your unique energy is needed here and your secret sauce, your gifts, is what makes you worthy. So stand in your power. And with regard to the comment about or your, your portion about culture and being raised without images of success, I hear you. We as black people have been kept out of the financial spectrum for ages. So what you're feeling is the ancestral residue that we still need to heal and release. I grew up in a small Caucasian town with zero black representation. No teachers, police, managers, politicians, literally zero black leadership. That's why I moved south because I had a young black son and I wanted him to see black men who were accomplished and affluent and living their greatest dreams in ways that had nothing to do with sports or music. So I get it. You're turned off by what you see in the matrix. You know, those people, those of us who have been uh, fortunate enough to have a little bit of extra money but then they're kind of abusing it for material things and and in gluttonous ways that don't actually serve our higher good i understand that but you have to realize it's just their inner child acting out and and i'm sure you've experienced a little bit of that in one way or another because when you've been raised in lack and scarcity and then you get to a place where you can afford some of those things that you couldn't previously, of course, that's the first thing you buy. Imagine being a kid growing up, you're seeing your friends at school with the new clothes, jewelry, the cars, the toys, the electronics, you know what I'm saying? So then you get your little job and start earning your little paychecks and you start buying everything that you never had that you thought would boost your value or your identity. We see it in athletes all the time. They go pro, buy all the things for themselves and for everybody in their family. And then they retire and they're broke. And that's why. You know, for decades, white people were allowed access to things that were off limits for us. And we coveted those items. And so when we got a little bit of money, we operated out of that wounding. You know, there's a lot of us who are ignorant to all the ways that money can actually work for us. Because we've been isolated from that world. We've seen those people living in low-income apartments, been owning a huge Escalade with a $700 monthly payment that they can barely make. We've seen that it's because our people don't always understand appreciation and depreciation, interest, credit, investments, things like that. And I'm not saying I'm any better. I've been guilty of all the wrong money moves. I wanna say by the time I was like 20, I think I had about 13 credit cards and a crap load of debt as a single parent and trust and believe that I was shopping for all the wrong reasons and for all the wrong items. You know, I've thrown away and kind of wasted so much money that it's shameful. I've had to rebuild multiple times, even after I got into finance, (laughs) even after, even with the knowledge I was still making the mistakes. I was just more efficient at them because I knew how to fix them. So I felt like it was okay. You know what I mean? That's where knowledge ends up being a more of a weapon <laughs> than power, you know. But now that I'm in a more responsible place with money, um, and also as I just continue to learn all the ways that money works for us and how we can use it to our advantage, I like to share that with people, especially people of my community and of my culture. You want to know about some real estate, mortgage, credit, finance? I got you. This is why I'm consistently clearing those lack and scarcity codes in my ancestry because otherwise those wounds never go away. They just repeat cycles. So yeah, I've jumped on a soapbox here a little bit. But my last opinion is this. Live your fullest, most incredible life. Based solely on your dreams. Because you only get one and it's gone way too soon. And as much as that sounds like a cliche, it's so, so true. And I've been at that place where I've come right up against death's door. So that's why I can say that. Life can change in an instant. We know this. We've all been through a pandemic. So do you... Be everything that God made you to be. And if someone has an issue with that or can't celebrate your success, then those are not your people. And that's it. Now, next question. (laughs) I'm afraid to scale my business and really lean in. I just hired my first team member, but I'm still questioning. Any advice? I love this so much. Um, and here's why I literally what this is what's uh, I love like synchronicities. I literally did a devotional this morning and it spoke it, it spoke to this. So I've got it right here and I want to share with you before I give you my opinion I want to share with you um, what I read from the devotional today. It says, God speaks to us in such unique and intimate ways. He can get your attention by any means necessary, but the real question is whether you're paying attention. When God seeks to shift you, he almost always begins by stirring your heart and agitating your comfort. The next thing he'll do is give you a glimpse of where he is taking you next. Most of us ignore the signs, the tugs, and reoccurring messages. We say we want to be used by God, but then we avoid all situations disrupting the predictability that makes us feel safe and secure. But to believe bigger is to ask God for a bigger vision and to believe that you're worthy of more. Sometimes we confuse the desire to experience more with being greedy and discontent. Balance is important. But desire is also divine. Ecclesiastes 1.7 says, All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. You want more because God designed you for more in his limitless image. He won't force you into it. God gives a bigger vision to those ready to make bigger decisions. Isn't that awesome? That was so on time for me. It was like, it was both confirmation for me as well as motivation and inspiration. Excuse me. Let me get, let me take a sip here. Don't you love the uneditedness of it all? (laughs) So... Yeah, I love, I love that piece. It really spoke to my heart today, but I do have my own opinion um, and it probably coincides with that, I'm sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so this is almost like the first question. We're afraid of that disappointment. We're afraid the other shoe is going to drop and again, that's conditioning because we've lived it multiple times. And so we, you know, you start to learn from that. And then you start to kind of put up a a little bit of a wall because you don't want that, that disappointment or that heartbreak, right? But here's what I'm going to say to you. Do you even realize the accomplishment of getting your business stable enough all by yourself that you actually have the ability to provide another human with a consistent income? I mean, the gravity of impacting someone's life and their family in such a way is beyond exceptional. That's not something you do after just one good month in business. You have to build from a solid foundation if you're wanting to grow a business with integrity, if that's your goal. And I know that's your goal, right? And you did that. You did that. And God will send that confirmation, but yet we still doubt. I would say to you, just go within. Connect with your soul. Anchor in your trust and surrender. Surrender to the path, to the journey. Stop looking outside of yourself for answers or validation or acceptance or confirmation or guidance. (laughs) We do it all. I know. I know. But as a fractal of God, you have all the things you need implanted in you. I've said this so many times. Your soul knows everything and it will guide you. It will direct you. We just have to get quiet, tune in, ask, and then listen. And then take the action. A lot of times we ask, but then we don't like the answer. So we do nothing and pretend like we didn't hear an answer. Oh, I'm just what? Waiting on God. Of course. Are you sure that's what you're doing? (laughs) But you know this. You're never alone. Be present. Be mindful. Because things are happening right, right beneath your nose. We have to get to a place where we surrender to the fact that we are worthy of these incredible opportunities presented to us. Because if we weren't, they wouldn't show up. And worthiness isn't about proving yourself or having the right education or connections or family name. No, you're worthy because you're here, period, dot. Shout out to Chanel Ayan, (laughs) housewives of Dubai. (laughs) That's her phrase, period, dot, right? And it's an interesting juxtaposition when we look at how often we either complain about lack or we ask God for more, but then when the call is answered, we immediately turn into mush and start doubting ourselves we have to work through and release that conditioning because it will just continue to hold us back. I mean, just stop and think about how much more abundance, wellness, blessings, magic, miracles that we would all experience if we actually believed from our core of cores that we were worthy. I've been working very hard on strengthening my belief because I'm recognizing that most of what keeps me from having what I want is my disbelief and the crazy stories that I've created around what I'm capable of or what I'm worthy of or what I can create. We need to unabashedly step into who we know we are and not fear consequences because ultimately when we are living from our soul that is going to be the best experience for us beginning to end and if you take a moment and just think back over your life I'm sure you have those moments where you were operating and almost probably didn't even realize what you were doing you were operating From a space deep within, meaning you didn't have a plan, you didn't have a detailed list or an outline, you simply just acted in a way where you may have felt unconsciously guided and then before you even realized what you were doing, everything fell into place and just worked out in a most sacred and beautiful way. It's moments like that where you have surrendered, where you are trusting and allowing soul to guide you. So anchor in those moments. Revisit those moments and remind yourself that that it's possible. I've had moments like that. A big one was when I moved to Charlotte. And honestly, there, there are like no words. It was such... An impactful experience. It was, it just felt extremely ethereal. And I felt very, very close to my own divinity in those moments. Now that I'm thinking about it, I may actually do that as my next episode and share that story with you guys. But I think that's going to be it for today, my bright, shining, luminous souls. And I pray that my answers and and uh, insight serves you. And of course, you know I'm available for questions and follow up. Okay. So until next time, I want to remind you of the important role you serve in this world. And how much humanity needs you. I love you and I speak blessings into every area of your life. Thank you so much for joining me here at Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. Whether this is your first listen or you join me regularly, I am eternally grateful. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do me the honor of liking, subscribing, and leaving me a comment or review. I'm totally up for connecting online too, so please follow me on Instagram at Faith Inspired Action. Then go to my link tree to join my private Facebook group and check out my current offerings. I welcome your questions, feedback, and insights. Also, if you have something amazing to share with the world, I'd love to invite you on a future episode. Just direct message me a basic synopsis of your story and include your email. Until next time, I love your luminous soul and thanks for sharing your light with this community. Music written and produced by my brother, Gabe Taylor at Lord Kingdom Productions. All rights reserved.